hello and welcome to another show accentuating the positive i'm doing this live today because we're a couple of days out from christmas and i thought that you know it's gonna I'm, I'm i'm doing stuff you know christmas time so i wouldn't get it edited and up maybe for another week or so so i thought let's just have this conversation live with the gorgeous and wonderful ray hernandez welcome to the show ray Thank you very much. It's a, it's a pleasure to be on your show, especially if we're talking about positive things and if we're talking about consciousness. That's right up my alley. It's right up Ray's alley. So many people have said, oh, you've got to talk to Ray. You've got to talk to Ray. I think Costa and Kevin Briggs and oh, heaps of people. And um, of course, Mary, you, you said that you came out here to Australia to meet Mary Rodwell. How long ago was that? Mary and a whole bunch of other folks. Uh, uh, that was maybe four and a half years ago. Okay. Um, I remember it was winter over there, um, but um, where we were up north, it didn't feel that cold. It was actually nice weather up there. Did you come out to do a conference? Uh, no, I came to, to visit friends. So it wasn't a conference, but uh, I did um, stay quite a bit of time with some of our friends over there and meet new folks. And I loved Australia. It was, uh, goodness, in a heartbeat, I would live over there. <laughs> it's it's uh, um, super sweet folks. The, the country's beautiful. The cities are beautiful. I was actually surprised, you know, at, at how beautiful it was. Yeah, we're the lucky country, mind you, with all the mandates and the lockdowns. We've been having it rough, but um, people are rising. People are rising every weekend without fail. There are just thousands, hundreds of thousands of people out and more, I think, more and more each weekend out um, saying, hang on, something's not going right here. And they're, they're thinking differently. But let me, let me talk about you, Ray, because this is what we're here to do. We're here to talk about, Ray. I'll read your bio and we'll get into your story. I know that you've shared your story many times on many shows, but it is a fascinating story. Before 2012, Ray had zero interest in the topic of consciousness or any other so-called paranormal contact modalities. But on March 4th, 2012, Ray and his wife personally witnessed a miraculous medical healing by an energy being who appeared in their living room of their paralyzed dog they were about to put down the same day. Over the next three years, Ray began to have a series of non-stop paranormal experiences, large UFOs randomly appearing to them. And then later they began to call down UAPs, which stands for, what is UAP? Unidentified Aerial Phenomena. Phenomena. Uh, some appearing uh, at a distance. Commonly, commonly called UFOs, but yeah. the UFOs is not really the appropriate term because people are seeing everything but a physical object in the sky. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, that's the latest. That's the new UAP instead of UFO. Some yeah. appearing at a distance of, uh, that appear to be about 30 feet away. Uh, and since then, Ray and a team of PhDs, academics and medical doctors have dedicated their lives to studying the relationship between consciousness and contact modalities, which we'll talk about. Uh, Ray's got many stories. Ray Hernandez is currently the director of the Consciousness Contact Research Institute, or CCRI, a 501c3 academic research institute comprises of more than 25 PhDs, academic doctors, uh, academics and doctors, researchers, 
whose mission is to explore a new paradigm that seeks to integrate the findings of consciousness research and the phenomenology of extraordinary experiences. Oh, there you go. There's a new word for me. Phenomenology. Correct. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> I haven't heard that one before. Uh, what the CCRI calls the contact modality modalities, a term that is was coined in 2013. Ray was previously one of uh, the four co-founders of the Dr. Edgar Mitchell Free Foundation. Mary's involved in that too, the Free. free yes, she was one of the four co-founders. Yeah, Free stands for, what does Free stand for again? Uh, the Foundation for Research into extraterrestrial and extraordinary experiences wow okay there you go and uh which obviously has a lot of researchers and uh, is that still going no that was uh concluded because it, uh, it dealt with the ufo phenomenon and now we've expanded it in terms of all of the contact modalities and i could explain that transition and what and actually what freed it and what were some of the research findings Okay. Uh, so I, I, I could take you step by step through all of this. Okay, it says much of the freeze research data based on the responses from over uh, 4,200 UFO contact experiences from over 100 countries contradicts much of what is circulating in the mainstream. Almost um, everything in ufology. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. The mainstream media is a complete con job, I tell you. Much yeah. of uh, the ufology has shown little interest in their 820-page academic book titles, Beyond UFOs, The Science of Consciousness and Contacts with Non-Human Intelligence. And your website is experiencer.org, yes? We're going to also have another uh, website, which is going to focus on our new book and our new documentary. It's uh, agreaterreality.org, agreaterreality.org, and it'll be open to the public on February 1st. Oh, great. Uh, in about two, two months. Yeah. So a book and a documentary, a greaterreality.org. Yes. Wow. Yes. Well, we'll have to talk about that. So for people that don't know your story, and I'm sure that if anyone's tuning into this, they've heard it before, but it is a fascinating story. Do you want to go over it briefly, what happened to you and your wife? Now, let me sure. just, before you start, it says here in your bio, you were never interested in this sort of thing. <laughs> Surely there was some questions within you. Maybe you nothing, were thinking, nothing. come on, like, Absolutely what is there life nothing. after death or what happens nope. when you die? Or you nope. never thought we're, about that. Where the bones, we get buried and, and that's it. <laughs> you know, I, um, you, you have to understand, I, um, even though in theory, my mom required me to go to church once in a while. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, they were not practicing catholics yeah um we, we had to get a first communion because that's the tradition in the cuban community and then i was never even confirmed you know i appeared like nine months later after the confirmation classes and the nun was there said who are you i said i'm in your class she said no you're not she went to grab me by my ear and i slapped her hand away and and so that that was ray hernandez after that i um went to various universities i got a whole bunch of degrees the last one was the University of California, Berkeley, which is the university that has the most Nobel Prize winners in the world. And I went there for a PhD. So I was a hardcore atheist, materialist, rationalist uh, with a scientific mind. And um, so uh, I was the last person that you would have thought 
these things would have happened to. And now I know why they, uh, I was picked and, um, and why I've been guided. Because uh, these are all orchestrated events. You know, these are uh, by God, the universal mind. You know, if you talk to major experiencers, they'll tell you the same thing. These events are all orchestrated, you know. Um, so, uh, but back in 2012, March of 20, March 4th of 2012, uh, I had zero idea and zero interest in these things. So you want me to tell you about how it all started? <laughs> yeah, let's get, let's start from the beginning. So you had zero yeah, interest. Uh, what happened? Yeah, I'll be very, very brief. Uh, basically, uh, my wife at that time was a um, hardcore um, uh, Catholic church uh, follower. Every Sunday, we had to go to mass. Every Thursday, uh, I was forced to go to group prayer meetings uh, in order to maintain the marriage uh, intact. <laughs> and so... Um, uh, that, but that was my wife. She was born and raised in Mexico. She grew up in that foundation. So um, we had a, a, a dog, a Jack Russell Terrier that was 15 years old. Uh, for the last two years, she had been very, very ill. She couldn't run. She couldn't jump. She was like a 95-year-old a woman, uh, old lady. Um, and she was taking lots of medications. And she actually was like our first child. Um, she was, uh, uh, we had her before our, our first daughter was born. So she was part of the family. And so um, one evening, my wife had gone to a three-day retreat at her Catholic church, where all they did was pray. Uh, Thursday from six to, to 10 o'clock, pray. Friday from, from six to 10, pray. Saturday, all day of, of praying until um, uh, eight o'clock when it finished, and then she came home. But when she came home at eight o'clock, I gave her the bad news that about a half hour before our dog became totally paralyzed. So um, uh, she was on the floor. I had uh, uh, tried to pick her up, try to move her. She just, uh, she couldn't move. So I called our vet and I explained the symptoms. And he said, uh, she probably had a stroke, a cerebral hemorrhage. And he said, I'll open up my office tomorrow, Sunday, um, to euthanize her. Uh, and he was a friend of ours, so he was going to make us an effort not for us to be with a paralyzed dog all weekend, you know. And so, um, so I told my wife, she became very, very upset, um, was crying hysterically, and then immediately she began to pray because that's where, where she came from from three days of praying. And so, to me, being a good atheist, I said, Do all the praying that you want, you know, nothing's going to happen. <laughs> and so, um, I forgot what time I went to sleep, uh, 12 o'clock at night or something like that. My wife continued to pray all night. So in the morning, uh, the only thing the dog could do is bark. So at six o'clock in the morning, uh, she barked uh, and she was with us in, in the bedroom. So we checked her out and she was still paralyzed. So I went back to bed and my wife said she's going to carry her down the stairs and bring her outside. Maybe she can go to the bathroom if she's able to do it. So uh, she carried her down the stairs. Um, she didn't weigh 18 pounds or something like that. She, you know, these, these are small dogs. Um, and so um, I went back to sleep. So uh, what I'm going to tell you now is what my wife told me. This is not what happened to me. She got down the stairs and in the middle of the living room, not in the middle, in the corner of a living room, she saw this object. It looked like an upside down U. Okay. Um, and she described it as being very, very physical. And then it would... Um, become transparent and it was a silverish in color so sometimes it would be very very solid like a silver object and then 
all of a sudden you could see through it. And she said, um, well, it emitted green lights, like um, what do you call a laser on her, like it was scanning her. And then it was emitting white fluorescent light from the side, okay? So she immediately thought it was an angel because she had been praying all night. And so um, and then uh, she started saying, Ray, 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 not because she was scared, but because she wanted me to see her angel. And with me, it was like, my goodness, she's waking me up Sunday morning, six o'clock. And, um, you know, I need my beauty rest. You know, I totally ignored her. So she ran upstairs, grabbed me out of bed. And, um, and she was like, you got to see this. You got to see this. And, and tell you quite frankly, I was upset, you know, for like a little cockroach or something like that, you know. Um, and, and that's what I thought. So anyway, she wouldn't tell me what it was. So we walked down the stairs and um, here I was in my pajamas and, and uh, she was walking in front of me. And then all of a sudden, when she gets to the living room floor, uh, what I'm about to tell you uh, is very, very quick. Okay. Uh, um, it takes time to explain it, but it was like, boom, 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 boom. Um, all of a sudden she disappears. The dog disappears. I have tunnel vision where all around me is all dark. The only thing I could see is, is it was like if you put your hand like this, you could only see in a certain area. Everything else is covered. Okay. And then the area that I'm able to see, there was what I now describe as an energy being. And let me explain what it looked like. It wasn't what my wife was seeing. It was roughly um, two and a half feet wide by about a foot and a half in height. And it was pure energy it was radiating like this, like a desert mirage. You know, if you've seen those that go like this and um, numerous colors inside. It's like someone took like um, um, these little bottles of color that the kids play with, you know, and you, you squirt it in a bathtub and then you move it around, you know, yeah, uh, yeah. by your hand. So it was all waving and swirling mm -hmm. and it was um, uh, transparent. So you could see uh, behind it, the wall behind it mm -hmm. and the couch behind it. Um, and we had a lamp in that corner, I remember, a table and a lamp. And so you could see right through that. And then, um, but it didn't have any edges because it was pure energy. You know, it wasn't like a solid thing, okay? And then um, this object, whatever I was looking at, totally took over my consciousness, okay? Mm -hmm. I looked at it and I stared at it. I didn't care that my wife disappeared, the dog disappeared. I didn't even care what I was looking at. And I waved my head at it and I said, I have BS. This is what she got me for, for this junk, you know? I'm going really? back to sleep. Yeah, I swear to God. <laughs> That's why for six months, I was trying to figure out why I acted that way. And six months later, I figured it out through another experience that demonstrated to me how this intelligence is able to get into your mind. Okay. Yeah. Uh -huh. And, and uh, so anyway, I, I then turned around. I walked up the stairs. I remember putting my hands on my chest, looking straight up. And then I was knocked out. Okay. Uh, about an hour later, um, I woke up, you know, 50 minutes or so. It wasn't the full hour. I woke up and I was fully conscious. I was fully, I had full control of my, my, uh, my mental capacities. And um, immediately I like, you know, in your head, like what the hell? And it just happened. And then you run down the stairs and then poof, my wife like appears there. She looks down on the floor. The dog is running around the entire living room 
and she begins shouting, hallelujah, hallelujah, the angels cured her, the angel cured her. And she's like stomping her feet and waving her hand. And the dog is running around the living room. Then she would pick up uh, Nena, which means little girl in Spanish. She would pick up Nena and then hug her and kiss her and kiss her and hug her and burn her down. And the dog continues to run around and she's hallelujah, hallelujah. And in my head was like an atom bomb went off in my head, you know? And how, do you, I was like, how do you mean an atom bomb? Like you had pain? No, no, no. It's like, it's like your whole reality comes crashing. Uh-huh. Your whole worldview. And, and this is where the cussing would come in. I would say, what the, you know, <laughs> <laughs> what the four letter word just happened. You know, you're thinking that in your head. Yeah. And then you, you take your time because you're trying to process this. Is Am I still sleeping? Is this a dream? Is this real? You know, that type of thing, you know. Yeah. And so once I finally collect myself, I asked my wife, I said, where were you? Where were you? She goes, what do you mean? Where was I? I didn't go anywhere. I said, no, look at the time. It's almost seven o'clock. We woke up at six. You were gone for almost an hour. Where were you? She goes, I didn't go anywhere. And she said, that clock, that clock must be wrong. You know, later, six months later, I found out after a third major event. Okay. We called this organization called MUFON because my wife was calling down these UFOs uh, at will, right? And so, and then I began to call them down. And so I called this organization that studies UFOs in the United States, uh, the name is M-U-F-O-N, MUFON. And they sent this retired school teacher and her husband is a retired scientist at the National Hurricane Center in Miami, Florida. So she was the one that told us, your wife had missing time. I had no idea what that was, okay? And it's very common among uh, UFO contact experiencers, Mm -hmm, this -hmm. phenomenon called missing time. Mm -hmm. Uh, To my wife, she had gone down the stairs. She looked down. Nana started running around, and she started celebrating. That was my wife's account. (laughs) She was gone. The dog was gone. She has no idea where she went. But all I know is that the dog was miraculously healed, and and not to the point of where she was before she was uh, healed. Because right before she was healed, she couldn't run. She couldn't jump. You know, she was quite ill. Now she was like a puppy running around. You know, she still had the same physical form, you know, uh, uh, but she was like hyperactive, you know, like, like, a, like a puppy. It's an so incredible it's, story. Oh, no, it's, it's, it's um, but, but yet when we did our uh, free experience or research study, mm-hmm. uh, which lasted five years, we discovered that 50% out of the 4,400, that's mm-hmm. the total amount, 4,400 people that took our surveys, 50% had miraculous medical healings. Mm-hmm. Okay. And in our book, which is an 820 page book, let me just show you. 800 pages, this book is titled um, Beyond oh UFOs. God. Look at okay? that. Yeah. Yeah. Beyond UFOs. Uh, the, the science of consciousness and contact with non-human intelligence, okay? You can see how thick it is, okay? Yeah. It's uh-huh. 800 pages. Um, this was five years worth of academic research on the UFO contact phenomena. So one of the chapters here, chapter six, deals with medical healings. We had, um, um, I forgot if it was 12 or 10 case studies of individuals, uh, and, and, and half of them were professionals. Uh, one was a medical doctor. Another one was a retired DEA federal agent. Another one was a very big name in ufology, a researcher, a very, very famous name. Okay. But she, at that point, she wished to remain anonymous. And it wasn't Mary Rodwell, it was someone mm-hmm. else. Um, 
And so, um, and, you know, I would say at least half of these people had college degrees were, were uh, um, and well, most of the people actually. Oh. Uh, and, 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 and so there were others that were, you know, housewives, you know, regular folks out in the streets, and, but they, they, they had documentation. This one man was treated for stage four cancer, okay? Mm -hmm. He had a film of a blue orb going inside his body, okay? Um, that chapter was written by a retired medical doctor, Dr. Joseph Burks, and Preston Dennett, who had previously written a book about 100 UFO healings, which no one paid attention to, okay? So here we had people sending us their medical records showing how like night and day, you know, the healing occurred. And our medical doctor reviewed that. Uh, one was a retired drug enforcement administration supervisor, okay, in Latin America. He brought down two dictators in Latin America because they were bringing drugs, uh, cocaine into the United States. So this is, you know, uh, unbelievable, these stories. Another is a medical doctor, an emergency room physician, okay? Yeah. Um, and, and so, you know, he also wished to remain anonymous because he's still working as a medical doctor in an ER. Um, and he says, look, right, you know, I can't let anyone know, you know, that it's me because I'm still working as a emergency room physician, you know. Um, and so the, uh, medical healings like what I described, you know, people think it's crazy and wacky. But look, 50 percent of people that took our survey stated that, yes, they had a miraculous medical healing, healing. by non-human intelligence, either them or a member of their fam immediate family. Yeah. Okay. Well, I've got a million questions as normal. We were discussing before we came on the live and recording that, you know, you're, you've got some macular degeneration happening, hence yes, the squinting. Yes, my eyes. So I, I apologize to anyone that's watching Don't apologize, but I wonder. I, I'm going to be constantly squinting. I wonder if you can ask for some healing from your galactic team. Have you tried it? Have you asked? Well, it's been a while since I spoke with God or the modern angels that have been uh, working with me. Mm -hmm. um, I've just been too busy. And also, um, I guess I'm, I'm not the selfish kind. You know, there's other people that need healings before me. Um, there's a lot of people that are suffering out there. So I'd rather that they be healed instead of me. Um, put me at the bottom of the list, you know, if you got some time. <laughs> but Ray, come on, really. If we're talking about contacting intelligence that's working outside of this time and space reality we're not talking to beings or usually not talking to beings that are working inside time and space so correct, there's, correct. there's no sort of lining up for healings if one person gets healed another one can't that's kind of not how it really works <laughs> to, to tell you quite frankly i just haven't had time you know okay I, you I haven't had time it hasn't really crossed my mind because it hasn't been a priority for me mm -hmm. um I've had other more important priorities. Well, okay, look, like, here's a challenge for you. So we're about to go into the Christmas break and you'll have a bit of time to relax. So maybe just have a chat with them and just say, you know, any help, guys? I would appreciate some help. Thank you. <laughs> no, I mean, uh, I, I, I could do that. I'll make some time for it. Make some time, uh, yeah, but, yeah. But several of the people that have been healed, they have actually asked to be healed. Mm. Um, one lady, a uh, very, very famous name in ufology, ufology researcher, major contactee, but she didn't come out of the closet until um, full blast until this year. Mm -hmm. um, she had tried and she was ridiculed. This was about 
four years ago. Mm-hmm. And then she kind of laid low again uh, in terms of revealing her own experiences. But um, she uh, had chronic fatigue syndrome mm-hmm. where she's always exhausted, Tired. always exhausted. Mm-hmm. For 20 years, she had that. And then one day she said, look, you know, uh, help me out. I'm I'm really bad shape here. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. I don't know if I could take it anymore. And, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden, two days later, um, like when a lot of people have kundalini awakenings, their whole body starts to vibrate. Okay. Mm-hmm. Her body started to vibrate. And then before you know it, that same day, all of a sudden she felt that she could walk for miles, you know, yeah. and it's never, uh, never returned. Another one was a reverend, um, a major, major experiencer. Uh, his name is Michael Carter. And, uh, I can mention his name. And he's had some truly remarkable experiences. Um, he's an ordained minister. And um, he, he had a blood clot that was, uh, his leg was twice the size of the other one. Yeah. And so um, he was released from the hospital. He was there, I, I don't know how many days, but it was very, very bad. Uh, and they released him in the condition that he inject himself. Because um, uh, they didn't have, uh, I guess, access to a nurse to come to his house uh, Mm-hmm. and um, him going to a clinic or something like that. Mm-hmm. And so um, uh, that first night, he was in so much pain that he began to pray. Mm-hmm. Okay, please, God, help me. Okay, uh, mm-hmm. this is a lot of pain. Take a little bit away. Okay. All of a sudden, this Palladian being, uh, this is, uh, he said it was a big brother. Okay, like seven <laughs> feet, seven feet tall, blonde hair, blue eyes, muscular but not Arnold Schwarzenegger muscular like athletic muscular with a a skin tight blue suit like in Star Trek materialized right in front of him you know you know Star Trek like he goes shimmers right in front of him and materialized or uh, like within a few feet away from him open up his hand a, a purple orb appeared the purple orb then goes into his body and all of a sudden he starts to shake and quiver okay the being in front of him dematerializes, okay? And then all of a sudden, he passes out. When he woke up, and he was, it was said it was less than an hour. When he woke up, all of a sudden, he said he could run a marathon. His leg was completely healed. A friend of mine who's a retired DEA federal agent, his wife is a PhD uh, psychologist, okay? They're both in their mid-70s, okay? Um, very smart, very sharp people, highly educated, both of them, okay? He was uh, 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 in the DEA, Drug Enforcement Administration, for many, many, many years. And it was until he got injured and he had to retire that his experiences blew up. Okay. And um, two of them were medical healings. And I don't have the details to tell you, but they were all fully documented, you know, with medical records. All of a sudden, he had a torn retina. He was going to lose his eyesight. Okay. He went to an ophthalmologist. Um uh, the the surgery to put the retina back, he had waited too long. So it had all dried up. So they were going to have to put some you know, artificial stuff on his eyes uh, and make that part of his eyelid, you know? And then um, uh, all of a sudden um, uh, he woke up and he was paralyzed. He couldn't move, but he was fully conscious. And this big beam light, I forgot a certain color that he mentioned was on him. And then he heard this noise like tiki 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 and his eyes was like wide open. You know, he couldn't close it. Okay. Then all of a sudden he got put to sleep. They did that so he could remember, you know, the procedure and what happened to him. When he woke up, he had 20-20 vision. He went back to the ophthalmologist. He says, look, you know, 
And then the ophthalmologist yeah. noticed a, a triangle in his eye. He said, would you ever exposed to like very strong light? Because it seemed like it tore like a triangle in your eye, you know? And then uh, both eyes it was, okay? And I guess they did some type of laser surgery in there, which gave him 20-20 vision. And yeah. then later on, he gone back and, and uh, the triangle had completely healed up, uh -huh. you know? Um, so, uh, and that's his first uh, medical healing. I mean, he had another medical healing of cancer. Um, he had gone in there. Uh, he was complaining of wheezing and breathing. He went to uh, a specialist, a lung specialist. They did an x-ray of him. And he had a big, gigantic uh, object in one of his lungs, okay? The, the specialist freaked out, says, immediately go to the emergency room, check him to, to the hospital, uh, because that's the place to be able to do further tests and that sort of thing. So there they did not only the, uh, the, the x-ray, but I forgot what it was, a uh, MRI or something. M MRI, yeah, yeah. MRI, and, mm -hmm. and, and all of a sudden, the person that was doing all these tests was upset. They, and they called that doctor up and they said, what are you doing sending this guy? He has nothing, you know? And what happened was when Alberto was changing in the, the room that you changed in the hospital from your mm -hmm. clothes to, mm -hmm. to the hospital outfit, his wife was there next to him. And he, and he was yelling at his wife because he felt that they were um, like when they come, you know, uh, he gets scared, you know? And he goes, Rebecca, 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 they're here, they're here. You know, stand close to me, stay near me. And that was the name of his wife. And so he, he sensed it like they were there, you know, and that, that they were doing something to his body. His mm -hmm. body was, was, was reverberating, you know, and then um, it stopped. And then that's when he had his test and it showed it was all negative. It was completely gone. So he knew when they were there that they were doing a healing on him. Yeah. These are, these are documented cases and, and they're remarkable. All of them are remarkable. None okay. of them is a medical doctor. So right. So right. Yeah. As far as being skeptical and not believing you, you're a believer and you know it can be done, which is going to work in your favor. So I've had Michael on the show, Michael Carter, Dr. Rev yeah, uh, yeah. Reverend Carter, and I've had Preston Dennett on the show. And we've, oh, we've remarkable. We've discussed uh, medical uh, UFO healings. And, yes, and yes. you know, one of the questions that Preston and I discussed was why some and not others? And he said, well, I looked at that. He said, that was a question I had. I looked at that. And he found that every single person that had a healing was being, was working in service, you know, being of benefit to humanity in some way, not necessarily in the contact modality or UAP or ufology or consciousness field, but they were working as nurses and doctors and service people. They were helping humanity and uh, like, Dr. Carter, like Reverend Carter is a reverend, yeah. although he's a, also a speaker and he's many things. <laughs> Michael. Yep, 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 yep. I was talking to Michael the other day, actually. Um, oh, on, he's uh, a lovely soul. Well, and Preston, too. I mean, the, uh, both of them are major, major experiencers. People don't really don't understand Pre the extent of their experiences. Pre and their Preston is, Preston's a walking master, seriously. He's just this humble yeah, little is. guy. Yeah, he really but is. when you quiz him, because he's always, he's like you, Ray, and he's a, bit like, he's a bit like me. He, we're always talking about other people, right? We're always talking about <laughs> other people. But if you actually sit them down and talk to them about their own journey, it's like, yeah. it blows your mind. I mean, it blows yeah, it, your it, mind. It, what? It, yeah. it, it, it really does. It really yeah. does. Um, yeah, yeah. And there's some experiences that I just don't talk publicly about because they just... Really? Yes, there's just so wild. Because oh, come on, it, it, tell it, us, Ray. No, tell no, no, us. It, it really is. It's outside um, 
what is commonly discussed, you know. Um, so is like, everything on my show outside what is commonly discussed? <laughs> everything. I mean, one, thing, one thing I will tell you is um, how this intelligence, which I consider modern angels, the, the intelligence that's interacting with me, how they gave me spirituality. Um, and I'll be very brief about it, but, but basically here I was, after I called down my very first UFO that was in August of 2012, the next day I saw a video on near-death experiences, okay? And during that time period uh, from August until uh, the end of December, um, that's when a lot of my paranormal experiences were started to develop. But more importantly, during that, that period was um, after I saw that huge uh, UAP, it was the size of a, of a football stadium, okay? It was enormous, but it wasn't fully materialized, okay? Um, I won't give the details because it take too long, but basically the day afterwards, I saw a video on near-death experiences, okay? So immediately I went to Amazon. I ordered like 20 used books on Amazon, and I, I started like four hours a day. And then over the next four months, and almost 300 books are <laughs> uh, 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 read on near-death experiences and the science of consciousness, not metaphysical stuff, but you know the science of consciousness, and um, uh, uh, and listening to really hundreds and hundreds of testimonies of near-death experiencers, I became a near an NDE expert. Okay, and um, I had never spoken to anyone about all these books that I had written on NDEs. Um, towards the very end, uh, my wife was not uh, telling me I wasn't well, that I was going crazy. I need to go to a psychiatrist. I need to take medication because literally uh, towards the very end, it was 18 hours a day. All of my waking time was dedicated to reading these NDE books and consciousness books, okay? And um, I didn't shave. I mean, I had a, a nice beard. <laughs> I didn't shower. I didn't brush my teeth. I didn't watch TV. I didn't go to the you know internet except to listen to NDE testimonies. Um, really, I, I was not considered a healthy person. Okay, um, I was totally infatuated uh, with all of my waking time with absorbing as much as I could about NDEs, and I never spoken to anyone about it. Only my wife knew about it. And so the very first three people I ever mentioned NDEs to, and let me give you the dates. It was Friday, September 21st, 2012. Saturday, September 22nd, 2012. Sunday, December 23rd, 2012. Okay. Someone then told me, Ray, do you know what September, uh, December 21st, 2012 stands for? I said, no. Well, that's the date of the Mayan calendar. And then they try to explain it, you know, and, you know, I'm not into metaphysics, you know, and I'm still not. And I really couldn't understand it, you know, very well. And I still don't. Okay. But I know it has to do something with the date of the Mayan calendar. Okay. Uh, that, that was the first day that this happened. And let me explain it. The very first three people ever mentioned NDEs to all of them had an NDE. Okay. Mm -hmm. The first one was my daughter's uh, medical doctor, pediatrician. Her mm -hmm. name is Dr. Claudia Herrera, H-E-R-R-E-R-A. Okay. You can look her up in Miami. <laughs> and, uh, as, uh, my daughter had a low grade fever for two days and my wife, because she doesn't work, she was just dedicated to our daughter. She would be the one that would always be taking her to, to the pediatrician. And so for whatever reason that day, my wife couldn't take her. So I wound up taking my daughter. 
And so she had a low grade fever for two days. And um, the doctor and I, we spoke in Spanish because she is originally from Colombia. Mm-hmm. And so um, she says, I've got some good news. Um, she doesn't have a fever. I checked her, her ears, uh, her throat and her nose. I couldn't detect any sign of an infection. It appears like maybe it was a bug, a flu. Okay. And I'm not going to give her any medications, you know? So uh, after she said that, all of a sudden a robot came out of my mouth. Okay. Excuse me, doctor. Have you ever heard the term near death experiences? I've just read approximately 300 books on this phenomenon and it's phenomenon. And many of them were written by medical doctors such as yourself. And it's a phenomenon that you need to know about. Right. So as I was saying this, I was saying, my God, I am going crazy. You know, <gasps> my wife was right. I need to go to a psychiatrist. I have another personality inside of me. Where did this, <laughs> where did this uh, person come from? You know, it was like a, uh, 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 it wasn't my conscious thoughts. It was someone else that just jumped in there. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what the, f-? you know, <laughs> and then all of a sudden the doctor's eyeballs pop out like this. Right. And I said, oh my God, she probably thinks I'm crazy. You know? So in Spanish I'm with my daughter, who's next to me my 10 year old daughter. So I said, excuse me, doctor, I apologize. I don't know why I said that. So she said, there's no need to apologize. How did you know I had one? Right. So she then goes about and in front of my 10-year-old daughter tells me about her NDE, that when she was 10 years old in Colombia, she always had a history of heart problems. She died and they brought her to the, uh, the hospital clinically dead. Uh, she described popping out of her body. Uh, the doctors um, uh, were trying to resuscitate her. She saw that. The nurse was there next to her. And then um, all of a sudden she flew through two walls and she was on top of her parents in the waiting room. And um, uh, with my daughter next to me, she told me the details of what she heard. You know, I know my daughter was freaking out. I was freaking out, you know. And uh, and so she basically said that uh, uh, when she, she, oh, and then she went back through the two walls again and she was on top of her body again. And the doctor was not resuscitating anymore with those uh, electric things, um, electric shock thing. Uh, now he had a, a syringe and injected into her heart. And all of a sudden she saw her body, you know, jump up. And then, um, so uh, later on when she was, um, conscious she told her parents she said daddy you better find that lady in the red shirt because you were yelling her uh, at her because that her boy was throwing a ball at you and you were all upset you know and 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 you need to find her and apologize that's exactly what her father did when what she was seeing he was screaming at this woman with a red shirt because their kid was throwing the ball at him trying to play with him and he was like uh, uh, lady control your kid that little you know freaking maniac is bothering the crap out of me you know so she's telling us this story. So that's the first day, okay? Uh, Friday, December 21st, 2012, okay? The next day was a church uh, social function at the church, a church dinner for the, the people that attend the, the Spanish mass, okay? And so uh, my wife sat next to this Mexican lady and uh, she introduced us to her husband who was born in Cuba like I was. So uh, he came when he was young. I came when I was young. So we had some small converse, small talk uh, for about a minute or two. And then all of a sudden, excuse me, Max, have you ever heard the term near-death experiences? I just finished reading approximately 300 books on this topic, you know, blah, blah, blah. And so in my head was like, definitely on Monday, I got to make an appointment with a psychiatrist. I am not well. I have split personality or whatever you, you want to define it. 
you know, I'm going fucking freaking crazy, you know? <laughs> and and so uh, all of a sudden, Max's eyeballs pop out. <laughs> and I said, oh, my God, Max, I'm sorry. I don't know why I said that. Now, Max works as um, a re- um, the guy that takes x-rays in a hospital, okay? Yeah, yeah, so, radiologist. Uh, he, he told me, Ray, I've never told this to anyone before. But a year ago, my mom died in my arms in my house. I was the only one there. And so I called 911, and he was giving her CPR. And he knew how to do it because he's worked in a hospital for like 20 years, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so um, and he said when his mother uh, was clinically dead, she had no pulse. She wasn't breathing at all. That's how he was doing the CPR. And then uh, um, uh, her mother was revived on the way to the hospital. So when uh, she was at the hospital and he saw her at the hospital, she told her, she said, I was out of my body. I was watching you giving me CPR. You were crying on top of me, and you told me this, you told me that, you told me that, you told me that. And all of a sudden, this big, fat black man comes crashing through the front door, followed by a, a short bl- woman with a blonde ponytail. And he was like, but mom, how do you know that? Those are the paramedics. I already told you I was floating above me, and I was watching everything, you know? So Max was telling me the story of her mom's NDE. Now, the good atheist and materialist, Ray Hernandez, still didn't make the connection of what I have been happening the last four months and then these two days, okay? Because your mind doesn't work that way if you're a materialist. Oh, it's, you know, a coincidence, you know? So anyway, on Sunday, I always visit my parents. Uh, my, my father was quite, quite ill. Uh, uh, they were quite elderly. My father uh, was about 83 years old at that time or 80. He died about a year and a half later. Um, bedridden. So I, I said, uh, I got to tell this to my father, because he has only been to church twice. He has zero spirituality. Okay. Um, and so before he dies, he needs to find out what happened on Friday, what happened on Saturday. So I told my mother, help me get him dressed. So we got him dressed. We went to the, the patio in the back. And I told him what happened on Friday, what happened on Saturday, not all the paranormal stuff that had been happening to me and all the UFOs and all that and the healing by an energy being, you know, that, that would have been too much. Let me just tell him what happened Friday, what happened Saturday. So he looks at me and he goes, ah, that happened to me. I go, what? What? <laughs> he then told me the most profound NDE of any book I read. Your father? My own father, okay? How, right. how old was he at the time? So this is in 2012. He was about 83 and a half in in um in in december of 2012 never spoken to you or anyone about anyone ever before never and and what he told me he says remember my heart surgery he had a quadruple heart bypass surgery 16 years before okay so after that surgery i thought that he wasn't well because he would just be quiet you know the whole time he would be looking at the TV, but not really watching the TV. He was just been like in the, in the days, okay? And then all of a sudden, you know, he'd be awake and he'd be talking, you know, animated. So I knew it wasn't like his brain wasn't functioning, you know? Um, my father also saw, um, after that, he tons of ghosts. I mean, deceased people in the house, okay? But, and, and that's very common for NDE experiences, very, very common that people just don't talk about, okay? Um, He used to see this uh, woman with a white uh, robe with uh, red hair. And it was like uh, red hair, but like whitish, you know, like for an older person that's had 
you know, really dirty red hair all their lives as, as they get older, you know, it becomes a little whitish, you know, but still red hair. And so he described her height and what she looked like. And she was always with a long white, um, um, uh, what do you call it, mock uh, that these old people wear, uh, uh, mock or smock. Uh, smock. I forgot the the smock, right. that's the word, right? Smock. Yeah, 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 okay. And so um, not like a robe that, that Jesus Christ would wear or a Roman uh, emperor or something like that, you know, but just uh, uh, people in, in Florida when it's hot, you uh, elderly people wear these things. Like a so, moo-moo. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Yeah, go yeah, I don't know what you call it, but basically would describe this woman. And so my mother one day went to the neighbor next door and she said, can you describe the lady that we bought? The, uh, she died. So they bought it from the children of the woman that died in the house. Okay. Can you describe what she looked like? Okay, because my mother had a suspicion that that was what my wife was, my, my father was saying. Well, she was about 62 years old when she died. Um, she had like really red hair uh, mixed with white. Okay, and she was always walking around with these the white smock, <laughs> you know, and always had like, 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 like uh, slippers on, you know. And so my mother was like, you know, in her head, she didn't tell the lady next door. She said, my goodness, that's who my father was seeing, you know. And so um, anyway, getting back to the story of my father, the first thing that pops out of uh, my, 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 my dad, he said um, he had the, the surgery and he popped out of his body. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden he's seeing the doctors and the nurses and he's describing all of that. And then he says a vacuum cleaner sucked him up. Huh. I never heard anyone say that. Okay. Uh -huh, uh -huh, but uh -huh. that really, that's a good way of saying it, you know, uh, a vacuum cleaner, uh, you know, sucked him up. <laughs> and he's all of a sudden he's going through this tunnel um, um, uh, super fast and things flashing besides him. And he sees this little light, the light got bigger, 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 bigger. All of a sudden it's like huge. And he comes right through the light and he was blinded. And all of a sudden the light dissipates. And there he saw his father, his mother, and his deceased brother. Okay. Mm -hmm. And they didn't look old when they died. You know, they look, you know, youngish in good, good condition. And he communicated with them. And I said, was it mouth to mouth? He says, no, we didn't speak, but I knew what they were saying. Telepathic communication. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then immediately after that, he stops and he says, time doesn't exist. I said, what do you mean time doesn't exist? He says, because I was up there 20 to 30 years. I said, what do you mean you were up there 20 or 30 years? He says, well, that's how long it took God to show me all the good things I had done in my life and all the bad things. I said, what do you mean, God? He says, well, after uh, his family members, all of a sudden this big ball of energy appears and he knew it was God. Mm -hmm. Then immediately um, he began to relive experiences in his body mm -hmm. and in the body of the other person that he had affected. Okay. So the way he described it, I said, what are you talking about? What, what do you mean? He says, well, it, I was shown, for example, when I had a fight with this little kid, Okay. I was beating the hell out of him, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I was there beating him up again. But at the same time, at the same exact time, I was in the body of that little boy feeling the pain and getting beaten up. Right. And then God then told him after that, showed him that. He says, well, what did you learn from that? He also said, God is not judgmental. Okay. Mm -hmm. He said, um, God, uh, he says, hell doesn't exist. I said, what do you mean hell doesn't exist? He said, because God is pure love. How could you have something that's like the devil and pure negative if God is pure love, you know? And I'm listening to my father and I'm freaking out because my father's like, uh, 
hardcore atheist, you know? We never spoke about anything spiritual. Never. We never talked like father and son. Let, let me know, ask like, you, Ray, let me ask you. You probably said this, but I've forgotten. How yeah. old was he when he had the NDE? I, uh, 83 and a half, because he died when he was 85. Uh, oh, okay. So it was right towards the end of his life. Okay. No, 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 no. I'm sorry. That's when he um, when he told me that story. He told you when he was 83, but he when did he have me. the NDE? So it was 16 years before then. Okay. Okay. So I would have to do the math. I guess um what is it? 71 or something like that? Yeah. Or 72, 70, 72, 72, something, something like, like that. that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, right. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. I, I know that my father was not very old, but yet he wasn't, you know, very healthy either. So that, I would say about 70, you know, mm -hmm. when this occurred. Mm -hmm. Well, doing the math now. Uh, um, 83 and a half minus 16 will take you back like 69 or something like that. So, so he said there's no time. And there's said, no time and there's no hell there's and no God hell. is pure love. And God is pure love. And when and he, he says, we're just here to learn, you know, and we're there's no judgment. There's no judgment. No, uh, like, like, uh, you know, you screwed up. You're not coming to heaven or like that, you know. So my father's telling me all of this and I'm like freaking out, right? And my mother's right there next to me, right? So I kept on asking him more questions. And all of a sudden, he just shut up, shut down. I don't want to talk anymore. I don't want to talk anymore. But dad, blah, 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 blah. I don't talk anymore. But dad, blah. I told you, I don't want to talk anymore. You know? And he like turned it, you know, away because he couldn't, he needed help walking with his walker, you know? And so uh, he says, bring me back, bring me back. So, you know, we were then bringing him back to, to his room, right? So later on, I spoke with my mother. Okay, after my father was in his room and um, she and I sat down and I said, Mom, has he ever mentioned this to you? She says only one time when he was waking up from the surgery, you know, from the quadruple heart bypass surgery, he told me, um, I need to tell you something. I need to tell you something, you know, and she was like, go back to sleep. Go back to sleep. He just woke up from surgery. No, no, I need to tell you. go back to the God damn it. I need to tell you something because he was gone for 20, 30 years. Like like Rip Van Winkle story, you know, you're gone for 20, 30 years and all of a sudden you wake up, you need to tell your wife what happened. And she was like, go back to sleep. It's like, no way. I need to tell you what happened. So she then, then said that she, he told her about what happened to him. And she doesn't remember all the details. She just know that it was very similar to what he just said. And then he said, and after that, that's it. We never spoke about it again. She totally forgot about it until he brought until, it up again. Until he was 83. Yeah. Okay, and so, so but but here's the punchline of it mm -hmm, all. Okay. okay mm -hmm. So here I had never spoken to God before. Okay. I had zero ounce of spirituality before. I had gone to all these church retreats that my wife made me go to. I can name them. This is over like a seven-year period, eight-year period, you know. Hallelujah, this, hallelujah, that, and all that, you know. And so I was trying to get spirituality. I really wanted to believe in God, but you know, my mindset did not allow me. You know, especially with the Catholic Church, because I I knew all the the baggage that came along with it. You know that this is a, for example, you would go into a, there was a Catholic priest that was in a men's retreat, very lovely man, okay, but he was like the Protestants are this, the Protestants are that, the Protestants are, and I'm like, you know, here's a a, a man who's a full blown priest, you know, saying no one's gonna go to the kingdom of God except you know Catholics, 
Okay, and even then, certain types of Catholics, you know. So I said, "Holy shit!" Excuse me. Uh, the, the heaven must be very small, you know. And so I said, "No, it can't be that way," you know. So anyway, on my way home, I'm driving home, right? I put down my windows and I looked at the few stars because we're still in the city. There were a few stars out there, and for the first time in my life, I spoke with God. And to these angels that I've been working with, I consider them modern angels, intermediaries, okay? And, and, I, and I said this in my mind, in my head, not verbally. I said, I want to thank you because in a four-month period, you have managed to totally transform an atheist, material rationalist, into someone that doesn't have a belief. No, no, I don't have a belief. I have a knowingness that I'm an eternal spiritual being. Okay, and I have that knowingness more than any Catholic priest in Miami, and for that, I want to thank you. And after that, I didn't pick up another NDE book. After that, it was wow. like been there, done that. Now I know why all of this happened. This is orchestrated because in order for me to do the work that I'm doing, you can't do this work being an atheist because it's a, the bottom line. It's all about spirituality. Oh, absolutely. Okay, the bottom line. And I realized that upon going home from my father's house, like, my God, they did all of that in order to give me spirituality for me to do this work. In order okay? to wake you up out of that logical, skeptical, rational, yeah. human, yeah, yeah, yeah. linear and, and, mindset. And, yeah. and these and these types of events, these orchestrative events, there are no, many of them, you know, which mm -hmm. I could go into, you know, but uh, like how free got started, the organization free. It got started over a 48-hour period. Yeah. Crazy let, story, let me, but let me ask you, I've got a million questions, right? You could talk to Mary Rodwell to see if I'm lying or not, and she'll oh, tell you how, how free got started. In oh, she hours. has. I've had Mary on the show many times. Mary and I made yeah, yeah. She's, it's, she's, it's been, just, uh, she's run workshops it, out of my home, and yeah, we've yeah, had yeah. Fun. So if, if if anyone hears these stories, you would think that guy's lying, you know. How could it be? You know, it's incredible. You know, but yet you could talk to Mary, you could talk to Rudy Shields, the professor from Harvard. They'll tell you, Rudy Shields calls me the next day after uh, Mary co communicated with me. And she said, um, well, uh, let me just tell you the story very, very quickly. Um, here I was at 8.30 in the morning in May of 2013, okay? I'm going to work. Um, um, I work out of my house, but I have to go into the office one day a week, right? So here I am, middle of a traffic jam, tons of traffic, okay? Uh, all of a sudden, I'm listening, I'm listening to this radio interview with this man that's doing a documentary on his liposuction, you know? And I'm like, this is crazy. He's doing a documentary on uh, the fat, and he's doing art fat. He's doing art from it, and he's doing a documentary of it. You know, crazy story, you know? So I'm listening to it, and then all of a sudden, I'm not in the car anymore. I'm just pure mind, okay? And it's all dark. And then all of a sudden, I begin to materialize inside a big, gigantic wheel, okay, with spokes. And I'm in the very center of it. And then in each spoke, what I'm going to tell you lasted like maybe 25 minutes. So I'm telling you very, very quickly, but this is an evolving <laughs> scenario. And each of the different spokes was like a video in each one. And so I looked at it, and I knew because information was coming down, tons of information. This is about near-death experiences. This is about out-of-body experiences. This is about UFO contact. This is about remote viewing. This is about channeling. People see ghosts and spirits. 
This is about hallucinogenic journeys, you know, on and on and on, okay? What I now call the contact modalities. And what I was told was that humans are studying them as separate and distinct phenomena. But in fact, it's one. Why? Because consciousness is primary, okay? The glue that's holding it all together, humans are calling it consciousness. But in fact, what it is, is the fabric of our reality, okay? Uh, because everything is consciousness, okay? And and I was getting all of this like in downloads fairly quickly. And then it, um, uh, it said, you need to inform humanity of the relationship between us. When it was, I was getting this, I had no idea who's us and the, what, what the hell they were telling me. The, you need to inform humanity of the relationship between us, the spirit world and consciousness, okay? You will need help. There's two criteria for that help. It's not about you getting rich, making tons of money, becoming famous and all that. And you're going to need help. And the people that are going to be helping you have to be people with minimal ego. Okay? So as soon as it said minimal ego, boom, I'm back in my car in the middle of a traffic jam. I start to hyperventilate, like, what the hell just happened? Did I die? You know? Did I uh, have a near-death experience? What, what was that? Okay? So I went to work. I didn't do any work that whole day. I left work early and I came back home and I get an email from Mary Rodwell. That same evening when I got home, dear Ray, I'm sorry that I'm responding to an email that you had sent me six months ago, but it just popped up on my computer today. Okay. And so I emailed her back and I said, well, this is my diary. This is all the stuff that's been happening the last six months. And this is what happened today, right? And so immediately she sent me an email back and she said, my God, Ray, these are like unbelievable what you're telling me. And she said, um, do you want to talk on Skype? I didn't know what Skype was. She showed me how to use Skype. And we talked to like 1.30 in the morning because uh, it's like 12 hour difference uh, between Australia and, and where I was living on the Eastern Standard Time. And so at that point I said, look, Mary, I got to, go to sleep. It's 1.30 in the morning here. And she's, okay, we'll continue our talk, you know, because I was just nonstop with my experiences. And then the very next morning at 9.30 in the morning, okay, hello, is this Ray Hernandez? I said, yes, who's this? Dr. Rudy Shields. Who? Rudy Shields is an emeritus professor of astrophysics from Harvard University. At that time, he must have been like 73 years old, okay? had retired for several years. He had been working with Mary whenever individuals got downloads of consciousness or consci uh, astrophysics and, and um, um, the nature of our cosmology, our reality, whatever, he would, uh, Mary would work with him and he would interview them, okay, as a scientist, okay? And so what happened was Mary had sent him an email and, and me an email and um, expecting me to say, okay, Mary, you know, I give you permission to, for Rudy to contact me, but he jumped the gun. Okay, so here he was calling me the next day at 9.30 in the morning. We talked for 90 minutes. I remember it was 90 minutes. And I won't give you all the details of that conversation, but then he gave me the telephone number of Dr. Edgar Mitchell. You know, he says, uh, write down this number. And this is the telephone number of my mentor. I said, well, who's your mentor? He goes, Dr. Edgar Mitchell. Okay, later on in the afternoon, I gave him a call. Edgar invited me to his house. And it was at his house that the organization got started with these four co-founders, myself, Mary Rodwell, Dr. Rudy Shields, and Dr. Edgar Mitchell, all within, within 48 hours. So th that's just another example of orchestration, 
of, of these events. Yeah. Infinite orchestrating power, infinite orchestrating yep. potential. That's absolutely, right. absolutely. When you're in the flow, when you're in the moment and you're in the flow, infinite orchestrating potential. Yeah, which is happening in our physical bodies as 300 trillion chemical reactions are all infinitely orchestrating with each other oh, in, order, yes, yes, yes. in order to operate this human form and the infinite orchestrating power of the cosmos and the universe and you know the multiverse and the multi dimensions it's mind boggling right it's it's mind boggling it, it's 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 mind boggling especially for someone who had zero interest in these things people always told me that they put me on the fast track on the super fast track super fast because track. they never met of anyone else that just had a constant bombardment uh, of these experiences and it lasted only 4 years um and it dealt with, and I'll tell you something that I really talk about publicly, and but I won't give you the details. And it dealt with me trying to interact with a um, human looking being who's not really human. Okay. I was totally denying this, that that person's real, you know, um, and Mary knows who that, that person is. And, um, and it was at the last event with that person where I had to accept that person, you know, it's like, holy cow you know like okay i give up you know you're real i accept you you know and it was when that happened all of a sudden my experiences stopped because um i was totally accepting of of this reality okay so you were saying events. you're saying that the experiences that were coming and coming and coming and coming were kind of working with your skeptical mind and trying to crack you open and awaken you and get you in your heart and get you in your knowing and get you connected. And once you were connected, bang, not necessary to have them anymore. Is not necessary mean? anymore. Now it's time to get to work. Now it's to time to get the, to work. The, let, let me ask the, you. Let me the ask academic you. research work that we well, wound up doing. That I know, book, you know? I, I know the book, yeah. I know you yeah. said that the person wasn't. So just explain that a bit more. You were looking at what you perceived as a physical person in a physical no, body. It, it, it is a physical person oh okay, okay? it's a, phys it's a, with, with, a with a physical job but the person is not uh totally human you know the, the person well, is well, uh, many of us are not totally everyone's not totally no human. no this person has special powers it's like uh oh, okay. just think of just think of an angel you know uh -huh. in, in a in working in a human's body you know does he does he powers. does he hold a, a position of power in this world um, or perceived he's power. A, he's a healer. He's a healer. He's a healer. Mm -hmm. He's a yeah. healer. Uh huh. Right. Yeah, I know that, many. That's, that, that's that's his profession. But this person has uh, demonstrated numerous times after I just would not accept it um, that right. he has special powers. You know, and it was um, me <laughs> denying it, and then him showing me, him deny me denying it, him showing me, and it was like you know the very last experience was. Okay, you know, I give up. You know, so, so these special powers are they any more special than any of us? Any of us can do, or is it just that he has? Developed, oh no, no, of course, no, no, he's no, just no, developed no. those abilities. I call them no, abilities. no, no, no. It's it's not that he's developed those abilities. He he came with those abilities. Okay, okay, I, I could quiz you more about that, but <laughs> oh yeah, 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 no, no, and I don't want to go near that. But basically, just think of an angel. In a human's body. You know? Yeah, I've had many of them um, on the show, actually. Um, no, no, th this guy is real. This guy is like they're, they're like, all real. Talking about turning 
getting rocks and making bread and and, and uh, with the wine thing, you know. Turning water in the wine type. type. Yes, yes, that, that type of stuff we're talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. Well, I believe there's many people on earth like that. Uh, yeah, I, I was yeah. speaking to Belinda. I, I'm sure there are. There can't be just one, you know, but I'm sure there are others. Belinda Womack, who works with the Archangels, said that the Archangels said that every point of consciousness is here on earth at the moment. So all the beings that have been, you know, masters like the Jesus and the Buddhas and the, like the, and the Archangels, they've all incarnated into physical form in order to help us shift our paradigms, well, shift our I, reality into I, a new... The, the, the yeah. time is now. The time and, is now. Um, yeah. What I tell folks, to me, the four major contact modalities are obviously people that see uh, deceased people, ghosts or spirits, that sort of thing. That, that'd be, and that's been discussed since the dawn of humanity, okay? Then contact number two would be near-death experiences. Contact number three would be out-of-body experiences, and contact, and the fourth one uh, are uh, the UFO, the UAP uh, phenomena. Now, three of those got initiated and spread all around the world within a five-year period of each other. And let me go into the specifics, okay? Near-death experience got circulated all the way around the world, now to the point where Everyone, no matter what corner of the world you live at, people know the term near-death experiences, okay? And people now are openly discussing near-death experiences of, you know, my Aunt Sally, my father, this and that, you know, people becoming much more open to it, okay? I now, noticed that, I, uh, 12 years of broadcasting, I've noticed, I've noticed that on the show. Go on. That, that trend, correct. But that term got circulated on an international basis, starting in 1975 with the publication of Raymond Moody's book, Life After Life. That was um, an international bestseller translated to every major language. And it became like an international bestseller in all of these different languages, okay? So um, that was 1975, okay? The issue of out-of-body experiences, when did that really begin to circulate on a worldwide basis? Not to the level of near-death experiences, but still it was widely claimed and spread in multiple languages, okay? Where now you mentioned the word out-of-body experiences, not like near-death experiences, but still it's a common term that people know, they've heard, they understand what it means, and they're talking about it, okay? And um, that was circulated, began to be circulated in 1972 with Robert Monroe's book, okay, his first book, okay, and then he published two subsequent books over the next uh, eight years or so, um, so that got launched in 72, right, before then people just were not talking about out-of-body experiences except individual cases here and there, but it wasn't a phenomenon, you know, um, the third areas, the UFO stuff, I would argue that it uh, took the launching of Star Trek, which was syndicated around the world in 1970 for people to discuss alien beings, creatures from other planets, cre uh, beings from other dimensions, okay? Uh, dealing with consciousness and the higher hierarchy of dimensions and all that stuff. What, uh, Star Trek, you know, talked about all these things, okay? When did Star Trek get launched and syndicated on a worldwide basis? 1970, okay? Now there are literally hundreds and hundreds of books in the field of what, you know, uh, that Star Trek talked about, 
okay? Um, most of all these negative invasion type of stories, you know, they're coming to invade us and, you know, all of this and that. But, but anyway, now when you mention UFOs and, and, and beings from other planets, other dimensions and things like that, you know, people know how you're talking about. Because they're watching every weekend a movie on Netflix about these things, okay? So here's the thing. Out-of-body experiences, 1972. Near-death experiences, 1975. Um, the ufology arena, Star Trek, 1970, all within three years of each other, okay? The only exception is the uh, ghosts and spirits. That's been the dawn of mankind. They've been talking about these things. So the question for the audience members, is it a coincidence, quote unquote, coincidence that these things got launched on an international basis within five years of each other? And also for the young folks that are out there, this is before the internet, because now you could talk something in the internet in one day, it'll spread all around the world. So back then, okay, you had to physically read a paper or a pamphlet or a magazine or a book or something like that in order for things to circulate on a worldwide basis. Okay. So it wasn't a coincidence. Within five years of each other? No. It's pre-planned to take place right now. Why? Because humanity has reached this, a point of self-destruction. Absolutely. Okay? We're either going to go to the right or we're going to go to the left. Okay. We're going to destroy this planet and des destroy the, the human race in it. Okay. Or we're going to change the way we do things. Okay. And so we've reached that crucial point. And that's why all these things are here. Why? I would argue, is for us to be awakened, okay, that oh, we yeah. as human beings are destroying our planet, and that uh, we need to change, and that we're not spiritual, because spirituality is a component of this, because if you are a spiritual person, okay, uh, what the near-death experience, the data, and the OBE, and the UFO contact phenomenon have demonstrated, and we did it through our surveys, once you've had these experiences, you totally change, Okay, your personality profile and your worldview. Okay, all of a sudden, um, you're not greedy, <laughs> you're not um, um, selfish. Hold on a second, you're not selfish. Something happened to my computer here. Let me, okay, um, uh, you're not egotistical. Money's not important in life. Okay? Money's not you're, important. Yeah, you no longer fear death. Okay, right, you become less religious, more spiritual. Right. Uh, we ask over 70 questions of how did you change um, from the beginning of your UFO contact experience to now when you're taking a survey. And we duplicated the findings of near-death experiencers. Okay? Yeah. Ex mm -hmm. Exact change, okay? And um, and I could go into that later on, but um, well, let that's me ask why, you. that's what's happening. It's that's what's happening. I I've been watching it. I've been, I've, I've been awakened, you know, in the consciousness uh, spiritual arena uh, pretty much my whole life I, I started asking questions when mom got sick with cancer and then she died and I started reading books like when I was a teenager and then you know showcasing people and healing people in my 20s and 30s so I've been watching the evolution of consciousness over my lifetime yes, because yes. I'm nearly 60 now right so yeah. it's been a bit of a journey but um, uh, I wanted to ask you about your dad you shared about your dad's NDE he had it when he was like maybe 69 70 and then yeah. At 83, he spoke about it and he um, so did you notice any changes in him after he had his NDE or did your wife notice any? Well, did he my become... father, 
less egotistical, less selfish. No, he more. just became he just became very, very quiet. And he wouldn't be fighting like he used to fight. He became Before, less um, aggressive, right? Yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah, less aggressive, very, very quiet. Mm-hmm. Occasionally he would spurt out, you know, with some, you know, he'd get mad or something like that, but very mm-hmm. rare. Before he was always pumped angry. up, you know, right. angry, anger and hate, you know. And uh, most of the time he would be like in front of the TV, but he wouldn't be watching it. He'd just be staring out. Afterwards, after he told me that story, then I got to, you know, um, look back at my father. Yeah. And what I, what I think he was doing, he was just going over that yeah. experience over and over and over again. Yeah. You know? And that's why he'd be staring out in the air. Yeah. And um, for those of so, you, and is sending a heart, there's a couple of people, greetings from Robert. Uh, for those of you that are listening that you weren't listening before, so uh, Ray said that his father at 83 <laughs> revealed that he had this incredible NDE and that he felt like he was on the other side. It felt like 30 years. Yeah, 20 to 30 years, he said. 20, 20 like, years. But years where he was like gone for, I don't know, a minute, an hour, whatever it was, a jur- yeah. on a hospital table. Yeah. Um, yeah, so he, so in his mind, what he went through on the other side look, took you know, decades, a couple of decades. Correct, correct, because so, of the life review. So he was obviously well, yeah. in the life when he came back, he had a lot to think about. He had a lot to think about during yeah, the... Yeah, because a, a, what a lot of near-death experiences say is that you don't forget what happened to you in your NDE. It's right, like very, yeah. very clear, you know, because you're fully conscious, you know, yeah. you're fully conscious. It's not like a dream, you yeah. know, where you might remember little bits and pieces, you know. Or yeah. a lot of the UFO contact experiences, a lot of it is uh, you remember little bits and pieces yeah. and that sort of thing. But with near-death experiences, is like you have a full recollection of what took place and yeah. vivid details. Yeah. You know, what I've noticed, as I said, with 12 years of broadcasting is when I started uploading videos, because I talk about all sorts of things on the show, consciousness being the number one component. I wanted to teach people about their powers of creation. As a teacher of deliberate creation, I wanted to have that discussion about who we are you know, connected to our divinity and how we can create our reality by, you know, the power of our thoughts and our emotions and all that sort of stuff. But the conversations got broader. I've had many NDEs on the show. And what I noticed is that whenever I upload an NDE or anyone that spoke about the afterlife, they were getting a lot more views than the other conversations. And I'm like, isn't that interesting? And then in 2004, 2005, we were traveling overseas and and I came back to Australia and I turned on the television, mainstream, you know, TV, not cable. And I noticed there were so many shows showcasing mediums. Like there was, you know, the sleuth sort of mediums that were contacting the spirits and detective mediums. And I was like changing the channel and watching all these psychics on television. I'm like, wow, look at that. You know, so I've been watching the evolution of the contact modalities, as you call them, evolving inside the mainstream world, because I've been talking about it forever. But, you know, is the mainstream world catching up? So here we are, Ray, at the end of 2021, about to go into 2022. What do you think is in store for us next year with this? Because I've watched in 2021 hundreds of thousands of millions of people wake up, you know, because of this current world conversation. Well, what I hope happens um, I've been working for for about four years on this new book, and um, and on this do- for five years I would say, and the documentary another five years. And what we're trying to do is um, 
if you talk to major, major researchers, okay, academic and non-academic researchers, uh, not only people like Mary Rodwell, but also lots of PhDs uh, that work on consciousness, alternative aspects of consciousness, okay? People like, um, like Dean Radin, people at uh, the Institute for Noetic Sciences, people at uh, the University of Virginia, Division of Perceptual Studies, people like Rudy Shields, Edgar Mitchell, um, and everyone that's in our um, organization, Consciousness and Contact Research Institute, um, almost all of them are PhDs or medical doctors that have written about consciousness. Um, they will all tell you that consciousness is primary. That's number one, that everything is consciousness, okay? Um, secondly, they will tell you that all of what we're calling the paranormal, um, what I call the contact modalities, all the different ways that humans are piercing the veil of our reality and having contact with non-human intelligence, all of it will tell you that it's all one phenomenon. Now, we just don't understand the complexities of how that is, but they all understand it's one phenomenon. Now, they themselves have not researched this big picture item because a lot of them are focusing on the little niche, okay? For example, Raymond Moody. Okay, um, I went to Huma, Alabama, no, no, uh, Huma, Louisiana to interview uh, Dr. Jeffrey Long, who's one of the world's leading researchers on near-death experiences. He's published uh, two books on it. He's been collecting data, over 13,000 surveys on near-death experiences and over 4,000 surveys on out-of-body experiences. <laughs> so uh, this very famous um, um, researcher on near-death experience, he's actually one of the pioneers, Dr. Kenneth Ring, he told me, look, Ray, before you go interview Raymond Moody and Jeffrey Long, you have to understand that these people think that the whole field of ufology is all a bunch of crazy kooks, okay? They will not go near ufology with a 10-foot pole. Um, they do understand that um, the role of consciousness being primary, and they also understand that all of these paranormal is somehow interrelated, but they just won't not go near ufology, okay? Um, and so I said, fine, okay? So I brought my big thick book that I showed you later. And for each of them, I started reading questions from the book, from our survey, okay? They didn't get to see the cover, what the title of the cover is, right? So after like 20 minutes, I stopped and I said, do you realize that all those questions I'm asking all dealt with the world's first comprehensive academic research study on UFO contact experiences? And they were like, we thought you were talking about NDEs, NDE research. And I said, no. What we discovered was that the NDE phenomenon and the UFO con uh, contact phenomenon had so many overlapping similarities, which I could go uh, to, to discuss those later on. And all of a sudden, I began to read over data from our book, from the UFO contact experience. And they go, oh my God, Ray, this is exactly like near-death experiences, you know? Not exactly, but so many similarities to it. And then later on, they, 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 both of them and many other people, because we did this also to Gary Schwartz, who was um, a, a professor at Harvard and then Yale. And he's been studying um, uh, uh, communication with the deceased, okay? Um, hardcore academic, he's gotten over 300 peer reviewed publications, you know, um, tenured at all these very famous institutions. And so all of these people that we interviewed, I did the same trick with them. 
you know, because they didn't want to touch the ufology field. So my introduction was reading these questions, they would think it'd be related to consciousness or uh, NDEs. And each of them said, Ray, can I join you guys? Okay, because then they got the picture of what we were doing as an organization. We were putting everything at all together, the consciousness aspect with the whole contact modalities component of it. And so what our book is doing is we uh, have four volumes, four books, like the one I showed you, four. <laughs> uh, I still don't have a page count because I haven't formatted them all, okay? But at least 600 pages each, you know? And what we're doing is we're going to have two books that are theoretical in nature, okay? And it's going to be focusing on, you know, what is consciousness, the different theories of the nature of our reality. And we're going to be having uh, uh, segments, okay? Uh, each of them uh, are going to have anywhere from between four to, uh, to 10 chapters. And the, uh, the segment areas are going to be UFOs, near-death experiences, out-of-body experiences, uh, ghosts and spirits, and then another one on um, uh, out-of-body astral travel and remote viewing, you know, as uh, one component in there. And then um, hallucinogenic contact is going to be another one. And so these are all theoretical academic articles that talk about these things, but talk about it in a very different limelight, you know, in terms of how it's all interconnected. And then uh, volumes three and four, books three and four are going to be chapters written by experiencers. Okay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And they're going to be people like Preston Bennett, people that have seen their deceased mother. They pop out of their body all the time. They've seen tons of UFOs. You know, that's Preston Dennett, okay? Yeah. Tons of astral traveling. Preston's and, done and, it all. <laughs> yeah, except near-death experiences. He hasn't had that, okay? But, and for example, we have this medical doctor, a medical doctor. She's a pediatrician that works in the children's hospital. This woman has had two near-death experiences, okay? Her second NDE was like um, freaking believable, the details of it, okay? She's had three Sasquatch experiences. Wow, maybe you could, up close. Ray, maybe you could introduce me to her. I'll get her on the show next year. Oh, she's she's uh, after she publishes, then she knows she has she's out of the bag. Then she's out. But, uh, she's out of the closet. Uh, out of the closet, <laughs> but um, she's uh, soon to to retire. Um, okay. Um, but but yes, you know, um, um, uh, I, I guess I'll uh, I don't know whether I should mention her name or not. Her first name is Melinda. Um, but after the the book is published, uh, then we can circulate her name around yeah. Um, because I told uh, she was hesitant about writing the article, even be interviewed on in a documentary. She's seen 12 UFOs, yeah. most of them up close. Wow. Okay? Uh, several times with her husband. Um, three of them were these huge triangle shaped crafts that would go right over her uh, and her husband twice that blocked out all the stars in the sky. Wow. I mean, we're talking about remarkable experiences. He's had out-of-body experiences, astral traveling. Um, oh, goodness. Uh, uh, these lucid educational dreams when she was youngster, okay? Yeah, like yeah. every night. Like she would ask her mom a question. Her mom wouldn't answer it. That evening, all of a sudden, she was given that lesson of how to, that gave her a response to that question that yeah. her mom couldn't satisfy. Yeah, yeah. You know, she's just an example of one of the many chapters that we're having. These are people that, you know, oh, I've seen a UFO. I've had a couple of out-of-body experiences. No, these are people that have had had everything in the kitchen sink. Okay? Everything in the so, kitchen sink. <clears throat> so, so what we're saying is what explains these people? 
Okay, the the NDE phenomena by itself does not explain it. Right. The yeah. UFO phenomena by itself, ufology does not explain it. Does not explain Preston Dennett. Okay, and <laughs> Dr. Melinda, uh, I should leave her first name, yeah. and the other seventy people that have written chapters for our book. Okay, the um, out of body, you know, literature does not explain it. Okay, why? Because these people are having everything. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you need something much more bigger, much more comprehensive. So that's what our book is all about. And what it leads to is that we are inside a greater reality. We okay? certainly are, right? We certainly yes. are. So so basically looking at the sort of evolution of history and what's been happening to wake up the masses, really, is yeah. that as we spoke about the NDE phenomena became very big or bigger in the sort of mainstream mind and People like a lot of people were like you, Ray, and became obsessed with watching NDEs. And then people started talking about out of body experiencing. What I've noticed in the younger generation, um, well, not necessarily the younger generation, but a lot more younger people, they're all into ayahuasca. And in their ayahuasca ceremonies, they're leaving their bodies and having these out of body experiences. Tell me about it. <laughs> when I was in Australia, okay, uh, there was a, a, a friend of mine. Uh, the man was getting a, a PhD in chemistry, okay? Um, he synthesized uh, DMT, where it was like air. You're just breathing air. It, it wasn't even smoke or anything like that. And, oh, my goodness, it's... Um, Did you have some? Yes, yeah, supposedly last 15 minutes uh, to, to 25 minutes at the last, but about 15 to 20 minutes, okay? I was gone for 90 minutes. Wow. Uh, he said the chemical was outside of my body. I already had processed it, but because I was a major experiencer, I already had so many of these experiences. Right. I remain, I remain there, you know, okay, um, okay. that that consciousness arena. And uh, Mary, I... Mary came in at the tail end of it after I had calmed down, and I won't go into her details, but basically she freaked the divvy living daylights out of me because I turned into a shaman, okay, and I totally cleansed this man. You know, my friend, I know nothing about, you know, shamanism. I past whole, life, darling, past life. But what it, I wanted it dealt to, with past lives too. Yeah. But I mean, what, I wanted, like, um, what I wanted to yeah. say, just to finish that stream of thought, yeah, yeah. is that all this stuff has been happening to us and waking us up in preparation for many things and in preparation for our spiritual evolution and for our shift into the new age, but also in preparation for our contact with extra dimensional extraterrestrial beings because they all have all this online it's only humans that are in the dark with their ability to use their psychic um, abilities really so many of the extraterrestrial races communicate telepathically they don't use verbiage and words like we do because it's a lot more efficient to like throw energy at someone in a package that you can unpack yeah. in a minute. And it's like, right. that, like we've been the, speaking now for an hour and a half. And they, and they, they, they could do it in two seconds. And give exactly, you yeah. exactly. Yeah. And, and we've like been yeah. talking for an hour and a half. You, so, you, you and I know this, but the, the vast majority of people in ufology are totally clueless. So we it. have to awaken humanity to their powers of intuition and their powers, psychic abilities, so that they can get with the program as we move into a space race community on planet earth i'm just wanting to say there's cindy beautiful cindy g here she says long time follower of the show and the podcast thanks for bringing on a dynamic guest like ray <laughs> hernandez 
Right, <laughs> Cindy. And um, oh, you've got so much to share, and it sounds like you've shared a lot of it in these hugely thick volumes. Well, well let, let me just say something very, very important. Uh, that is, um, I'm giving away for free, you know, two thirds of this book, uh, the most important chapters, which is the chapter one, uh, which is an analysis of the quantitative uh, survey data, chapter two, which is an analysis of the qualitative survey instrument. Uh, so these were written by academics, uh, chapters one and two. Um, the, um, the chapter on medical healings by uh, uh, Preston Dennett and Dr. Joseph Burks, a retired medical doctor, and, and, and a couple of other sections from our book. Um, and then I'm giving uh, away various, uh, uh, well, one is a peer-reviewed academic article that was published from that book. It was written by four uh, retired academics and myself, and it was published in uh, the Society for Scientific Exploration, which is a book that uh, uh, Jacques Vallée published many of his articles, Dean yeah, Layden, yeah. many of these scientists associated with consciousness and, and ufology have published their books. And so we published it in that, uh, in that uh, journal. Um, also, um, I'm going to be giving away various articles from our next book. So you can get to, to see uh, what it is and, and the table of contents so uh, people can look at it. So send me an email. So you give email. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Are you giving them away on your website? No, now I'm, I'm, uh, our website's not going to be available until two or, or three months down the road. So if people but send if, you an email, you'll send them this. Yes, correct. That's okay. PDF copies. Now, okay. you'll be there reading for like for an entire year. That's how much information it is. You know, it's close to 700 pages of information that I'll be sending you. Mm -hmm, okay? mm -hmm. And the, uh, the email that you could send it to is info, I-N-F-O, at experiencer e x p e r i e n c e r dot o r g so it's info at experiencer dot o r g send me that email and i will send you back tons of pdf uh uh documents uh which i just articulated and and if you need something to read over the holidays uh, this will be, <laughs> you won't finish this over the holidays. Let me tell you that. That's how much information. <clears throat> I know. There's so much. There's so much information out there. Well, darling one, it's been an absolute joy and a pleasure to meet you and have you on the show and to hear just a snippet of your experiences because they sound vast. Oh, yeah. and, and, and I haven't talked about the data from our research study. Uh, our data totally contradicts what's circulating in ufology. Why? Because no one has ever done this research study before. Mm -hmm. No one. It, it doesn't exist. Mm -hmm. What you literally had was, uh, for example, um, uh, I'm assuming you've heard of Dr. John Mack and his work. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Yes. And so his last book, uh, Passport to the Cosmos, was uh, basically a synopsis of like 12 individuals. That's it. It wasn't statistical data. It wasn't like a broad picture of the field or, or of contactees. No, it was just summarizing 12 people. That's it. Yeah. Um, so th that's what you get in ufology. What yeah. we did is we assembled a team of many PhD academics together with researchers that had their boots on the ground, like Mary Rodwell, uh, Kathleen Martin, uh, Barbara Lamb, the late Dr. Leo Sprinkle, et cetera. And we put them both together, the academics and the researchers. And then uh, over a five-year period, uh, it took us nine months to develop a methodology, 
of mm-hmm. how we're going to do this. Mm-hmm. We spent three years collecting that data. We had 4,400 responses from uh, individuals from over 125 countries. Okay, And then once we started crunching out that data, that data totally contradicts what's circulating in ufology. Mm-hmm. That these experiences were overwhelmingly positive, okay, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. not overwhelmingly negative. In the beginning, thirty-seven percent viewed their experiences as negative. In the beginning, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but then over time, people had many experiences. Yeah, the nature of the experience changed, and their view of their experiences changed. Um, uh, Whitley Strieber is a classic case. Okay, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he's a classic case. I remember reading his books when they first came out and they were scary and negative. And then and then I read the the sequels and then he started talking about it being, you know, extra dimensional experiences. And then he started, yeah, you know, you saw the evolution from fear to love. And I've had I've had many people on the show. Love and light. I've had many I've had many people on the show that have had that exact thing. They've been taken by greys and they've been a little scared. And and then one Linda, what was her name? Lynn, uh, Donna Lynn, Donna Lynn. And um, she said that she accidentally punched this grey and he went flying across the... Cause, um, oh, yeah, yeah. I've heard that over and over again. Yeah. And uh, he went flying... And they feel across- horrible about it, you know. They, they kicked the little being, you know, and it flew across the room. She said he like- was so soft. He was so soft. And, <laughs> and then, anyway, she went from fear to love, and that's the name of her book, From Fear to Love. Yeah, and that's what we're doing in, as a human race. We're yeah. moving out of fear and we're moving into a place of love. And so many of us have so many stories that want to perpetuate fear whether it's just in daily life, in the medical, you know, like what's happening in our world, there's fear on both camps. There's fear about the vaccine. There's fear about the anti-vaxxers. You know, perpetuating fear has been a human phenomenon. Yeah. Well, and, and we've got to move out. Of fear? We've got to move out of that fear-based uh, dynamic into a more loving, unified. That's uh, exactly. That's the dynamic. antithesis of fear. Cindy says love. here, pr- a proud owner of your book already, Ray. <laughs> she's got your book already <laughs> well she didn't uh, uh oh yeah yeah well tell her to send me an email and i'll send her information about the new book including chapters uh, about i'm sure the new she book. was well we're live so she's yeah. listening to you now but okay. uh, we're, we're going to wrap it up it's a couple of days before sovereignty it's a couple of days before uh christmas uh, any message that you'd like to give people for christmas well as uh, Raymond Moody told me, he's and also all these other NDE researchers, major NDE researchers, um, and I know most of them, okay? They told me the most important message that NDE experiencers receive when they return back is that, look, it's not how famous you are, or how much money you have, you know? Uh, it's not about what church you are, whatever, is that you need to learn how to love, okay? But Raymond Moody told me, he says, but a day doesn't go by where I don't feel like strangling somebody, okay? What he was telling me that was that this is the most important message that God is sending us, but it's also the most difficult message, okay, to be able to apply to, to ourselves. So my message is, please, please, please forgive and try to learn how to love each other. You know... I don't think it's difficult at all because love is who we are. It's harder to hate someone than it is to love someone. It's harder in every sense of the word. It takes your, it zaps your energy. You know, when you're hating someone or angry, you just pinch yourself off from your own energy source. 
it's much easier just to relax and forgive and get over it and don't sweat the small stuff and get over your own mind. That, that, you know? that is all so easy. But when your wife is there, you know, putting a little knife fork into you all the time, you know, it's like all of a sudden, like Raymond Booty says, you feel like strangling somebody. So it's uh, uh, some people uh, are born into that karma, you know, uh, we, we have to be continuously tested, you know, but but it's uh, it's certainly very doable. You know, I know that I've changed dramatically Absolutely. from before these experiences started. And, yeah. um, and just like um, like Whitley Strieber, Whitley Strieber says that every night he prays to God and he thanks God and these beings. He calls them his visitors for giving him these experiences, but it could totally change them. I'm the same way. Okay, yeah. I give thanks to God and to my modern angels for transforming me because without these experiences, I would have been a totally different person, you know, and thank God I've been changed. And I hope everyone in this world uh, goes through what I went through. You'll yeah. be blessed. You'll be blessed. Think, uh, think and believe says so helpful, so important. And Cindy says, my best advice is everything in your world is neutral until you put your personal spin on it. That is from um, Basara, Basara, hmm. Bashar. Oh, yeah, you said Bashar. Yeah, that's from Bashar. A absolutely, everything is everything is neutral until you put your personal spin on it. Yeah, yeah. Love is easy. Love is who we are. Love is easy. Love is who we are. I think that's the mantra for the season yep, for next definitely. year. Apply love is love. easy. Apply love. Be love. Be the love you, you want to mm -hmm. see in the world. Uh, what would love do now? There's been many spiritual teachers that have given us this message. Well, well, okay, every spiritual teacher has given us this message. But in yeah, the conversation yeah. with God books, you know, God says through Neil Donald Walsh, when you're in a situation where you're perplexed, like you maybe you want to strangle your wife or, <laughs> you know, scream it. I, 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 scream I, lo it. I love when this is the man that invented the term near-death experience. And he's yeah. telling me this. You yeah. Know? Or you and, want to scream I, at I, someone I, in traffic. Yes. You can stop and ask yourself, what would love do now? What would love do now? What would love do now? And return yeah, to yeah. love, return to love, return to love. Yeah. It's, um, it's the, the NDE let me just ask you, just going right back to the beginning of our conversation where you spoke yeah. about your experience with the dog and your wife and your wife thought that she saw angels. Um, is your wife on board with it maybe being a, an extra dimensional, extraterrestrial experience, or is she still very into the sort of angel phenomena? No, 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 no. It's um, um, it, it's it, to me. It's it's. Uh, I don't see why she still sees it from um, an angelic perspective, but I've come around for full circle to see it as an angelic perspective. That these are messengers of of God of the divine. Right? It, yeah, <laughs> and it took me some time to realize that mm -hmm. um, because um, I had gone through this transition that these are you know. Um, ETs you or know, something. ETs, but interdimensional ETs. Okay. Extra dimensional, yeah. Yeah, extra, yeah, whatever you the terminology mm -hmm. you want to use. But what what I've come around is that um, because consciousness is primary, and because everything that we're interacting with in our human body deals with the five senses of mm -hmm. of, of cognitive science. You know, mm -hmm. people are seeing ghosts and spirits. You know, is that ghost and spirit real because we're seeing it or, or not? You know. Uh, similar to with the experiences that we're having with the, the ET phenomenon, I see it very, very different from even the ufology researchers because uh, 
we documented literally tens of thousands of different types of bees. Okay, mm-hmm. um, you name it, it was documented in in people that took our survey. Even like a big blob of mucus that hung around the corner of their mm-hmm. house. You know, mm-hmm. there were like three people that saw that. Okay, mm-hmm. and um, so every different types of physicality. So mm-hmm. then you say to yourself, you know, did that big blob of mucus come from the big blob of mucus? you know, constellation, you know, a planet, you know, <laughs> or is this something a little bit more complicated? Okay? Yeah, yeah. Now I take the approach of Jacques Vallée, that whatever this intelligence is, it has the ability to manipulate space-time. It is both psychic, okay, and physical. Um, and I even take it one step further, and I revert it back to consciousness and the universal mind, that these are all offshoots of the universal mind that's working with us as individuals to stimulate us as individuals. Yeah. Because when when when, when we die, we're going to go back to source. We're going to be integrating back into source. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And, and 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 so all of these experiences are at a personal level that was happening. So that's how I now have a much more broader, expansive viewpoint mm-hmm. of all of these phenomena. Instead of putting it in, in a little box. In a little box. So you do. What about your wife? Has she come on board with you with that? <laughs> to her, it's uh, even though she's called down tons of UFOs in the very beginning, uh, she's not doing that because she hasn't, uh, you know, gone outside and prayed, you know, like uh, like she used to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but I think she still puts it in the angelic box. Yeah. Uh, she wants to which is there. Which is a good box to be in. Which is a good box to be in. Yeah, like yeah. the angels are just attributes of the divine. They're not physical correct, conscious correct. being, they're attributes. And and yes. really, you know, Ray, we are too. It's just that we perceive this time, we perceive physical reality as physical reality because of our five senses. But when you correct. when you view it from outside your physical reality, you just see energy and information. Energy correct, correct. Uh, like, like getting like, back to it. A like, concept that I related like earlier. What's behind me and what's behind yes. you? Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yes. That it, it's that's why I have the zeros and ones because it's all information. Okay. Mm-hmm. We are inside a greater reality. Absolutely. And I, the ancient mystical traditions, um, you know, the Vedic tradition, you know, Buddhism, Taoism, they, they all got it right. They understood this. Even mm-hmm. the ancient Greeks, you know, because they borrowed a lot of those concepts from the earlier traditions. Okay. <laughs> that our reality is. Um, I don't like to use that word, but basically it's an illusion because we're, we're, we're viewing it through our five senses, okay? Mm. But we're actually a little tiny dot inside concentric circles, hierarchy of dimensions and realities, okay? Yeah. And the greater mind or the mind of God is the entire big circle, okay? We're just in this little circle where it's physical 3D reality that we're interacting with, okay? Yeah. And, but that's all we understand. Yeah, exactly. And uh, but but these are uh, ancient traditions um, that people have understood, you know, yeah. for thousands of years. We're just coming around for full circle, yeah, and beginning to understand that this is not, you know, pure metaphysics. This is not pure philosophy. This is really the true nature of our reality. Yeah, we're expanding our awareness of who we really are. So Cindy's yeah. hilarious. She says, "Ha ha ha!" Someone who called in a UFO and healing it angels has the right to name it anything she wants <laughs> she's talking about your what wife that <laughs> that, that oh, is okay, okay. she says someone who calls down ufos and healing angels has earned the right to name it anything she wants she says she's talking about your wife yes. you can call it and, anything you want and, look and, i know and i i think that's a good perspective that yeah. these are 
angels. And if you think of angels as intermediaries of God, yeah, you know, that's mm. uh, th these are good approach, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, unlike ufology, which they're totally clueless of everything that we've been discussing today, <laughs> you know, materialist, mainstream materialist ufology. You well, know? You, you know, what I've noticed too, Ray, in the last couple of years, especially, is that the whole ufology uh, phenomena and the spiritual phenomena, consciousness phenomena, they're merging and they're having conferences which is discussing it as a collective com instead of these separate conversations. You know, I have friends right. in Australia. It's, it's, yeah. I have yeah. friends it's, in Australia who put on who put on conferences and first they put on the Afterlife Explorers conference because he had an NDE and then they put on the, you know, ET conference and then they joined it and called it the Cosmic Consciousness Conference, you know. So first they were separate and then they sort of bring it together. So that's what's really happening in our yeah, collective. Yeah, yeah. I, I was invited to give two lectures this coming year, uh, one in Chile. Uh, nice. The person that's organizing it is uh, the leading ufologist in Chile. Mm -hmm. for many 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 years okay mm -hmm. the lectures wow. the, the conference is going to be about ufology and consciousness yeah nice okay and they're showing me how they're showing me so many ufos over chile i don't know why they just gave me oh, this oh yeah no no it's 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 been so going many, on forever chile so many ufos yeah and peru and, and then the other one yeah. i was invited to is in bulgaria okay? nice and again it's on the same thing ufology and, and consciousness. consciousness and i think part of it was that i have been working with these two organizers now for about six years okay uh -huh, uh -huh. introducing these concepts to each of them because both of them started as like ufologists uh, mainly materialist ufologists okay and then uh, i have repeated conversations with them and they begin to get, get a better understanding and i think our book you know, um, they got to read our book, uh, uh, One Speaks Perfect English, and then the guy in, in, um, in Chile uh, understands English, but limited, but um, we had chapter one translated into Spanish. And so he always suspected these things, okay? But when our book came out, he now had hardcore data. And then with conversing with me, he was the head of the, the Spanish uh, uh, research committee. Mm -hmm. for the, the the research study that we did we had a thousand people that um that took our spanish surveys okay mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so he was the chair of that committee and so um once you know interacting with him goodness how many years seven eight seven eight almost eight years his name is rodrigo fuensalida okay and mm -hmm. um, he started with a little kernel of the consciousness aspect of it and now it's like full blast mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. where you know, the, the event is now going to be uh, consciousness and ufology. Mm -hmm. So uh, I agree with you that it's slowly taking shape, but yet these major UFO conferences in the United States, at least the major ones, they still continue to invite these dinosaurs to give these lectures. And, um, and, and these dinosaurs eventually will become extinct. Okay, and um, and the new paradigm, the new transition, the new paradigm is here is going to take over. That's the title of our book. The title of our book is a greater reality, the new paradigm of non-local consciousness, the paranormal and the contact modalities. Yeah. So it's got the term, you know, a new paradigm in there. And we threw in the paranormal in there because no one would understand what the hell we're talking about. You know, mm -hmm. so we said, OK. Give them a little bone so they could you know chew on so they know it's about the paranormal but if if it was up to me you know um because i showed it to a couple of friends they said ray 
um, no one's going to understand by that title, okay? The new paradigm of non-local consciousness and the contact modalities, okay? And so I thought it over. I said, well, he's right because the vast majority of people are not really uh, this, using these terms like I am using it, like our scientists in our organization. Yeah. So I said, okay, I'll throw them a bone. I'll put in the paranormal. So like that, they said, oh, it's about the paranormal, you know, so. Yeah, I know. But, but it's, it's now, a totally right? different, different worldview. It's a different, it's, we're in a new world and 2022, here we come, another exciting year of mass expansion, lots of transitioning from one world to another in our minds and physically. Um, yeah, it's going to be a big year next year. Uh, lots, lots of evolution next year. So um, thank you so much for being, you're our last guest on ATP for 2021. And it's been an incredible conversation. You are just amazing. Thank you so much for coming thank on the you. show. Thank you so much for the invitation. And um, let's do it, it again. Very let's friendly and warm conversation. Let's do it again next year. Uh, you are amazing. Yes, online. Yeah, let's our, do it again. It should be published by then. It should be yeah. published by um, by February 1st, the latest March the 1st. I think we'll do a bit of a round table and we'll get maybe a couple of people on, maybe you and Mary and a couple of other experiences. And, and well, have Mary a, wrote a chapter for a book. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we'll do it again next year. So thanks again, Ray. Have a Merry Christmas and, and, and enjoy your break. So Ray says that he's going to have a few days off. And remember to ask for some healing around your eyes and see what happens. Check in with me next year and see what happens. You have to relax and let it happen. You said that you haven't had time. Time is an illusion, Ray, as you've discussed. Most definitely time is an illusion. <laughs> but my, my priority now um, with this time off is to continue writing my chapter. I've, I started uh, remember to a, rest, month, a month and a half ago. Remember, remember to rest but, uh, uh, and my allow. My mission is, is to finish the chapter, my chapter. Well, you can do that, but time is illusion. Remember to rest and allow and ask your ET mob or your angelic mob to help you a bit with your sight so that you can keep seeing. So Ray was sharing that he's going blind so that you can keep seeing and, and keep doing the work that you're here to do. This very important work that you're here to do in the world. Thank, Thank you, you again, Ray. You. Big God blessings. Bless you. God bless you.